This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dilts, Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. I'm in my Cape Elizabeth studio two days after a catastrophic storm pelted Maine. Leaving thousands without power, I'm grateful to be turned on and ready to tell you what happened Monday night (laughs) Uh, when it comes to Cape Elizabeth housing. Bombshell, another one. And then joining me by phone will be award-winning journalist Gina Hamilton to discuss whether or not Donald Trump will appear on the ballot. So first, Cape Elizabeth housing news. Well, the Housing Diversity Study Committee took a preliminary vote Monday night during the storm on the development of affordable housing on Gullcrest. And guess what? (laughs) Well, they voted to recommend to the town council that it study developing housing on Gullcrest, but not in the area that we've been talking about for the last, like, you know, year and a half. Not the area on the town farm that's zoned for housing that was left by Thomas Jordan for the purpose of housing that was the subject of a feasibility study and a public site walk and a petition. But instead, the Housing Diversity Study Committee voted, I don't know, a majority, it was a split vote, to study the developing housing on the southern section of Gullcrest. So what that means, the southern section being the area where the athletic fields are, and it's it's just so ironic to me that they would take this position because the reason for opposing developing community housing, which is affordable housing on Gullcrest on the 22 acres that we've been discussing, is that it's proximity to the closed landfill and the water you know, treatment plant because they you know, felt ethically it wasn't appropriate and uh, how, how could we think of doing such a terrible thing. So instead, they want to put it on the other side, which is where the ice rink is going to be, which is just as close to the landfill as the proposed community housing project was. So it's just a stunning uh, save face maneuver by this majority of people who can't get out of their way, can't find a good reason to vote against recommending developing affordable housing on Gullcrest. And the stunning thing is, is that the two group leaders, okay, the, the Portland housing director, who also was on the planning board in Cape Elizabeth, largely responsible for the mess that we see downtown, and then failed to win her election at town council, has a huge chip on her shoulder and has been fighting against this idea of developing community housing, really just because she, she can't stand the fact that she's wrong about it and and is very petty in, in politics. And then the other person is the chair of the committee who has you know, really convinced the town all along that this was a bad idea. Well, he's wrong. It's not a bad idea. So to save face, because there's no other reason to vote against developing affordable housing on the area of Gullcrest that I've been talking about for a year and a half, the area of Gullcrest that over 800 people signed a petition to support the development of, of affordable housing there. You know, the area that we, we had the site walk that has been the subject of a feasibility study. Instead, they want, you know, they're going to say, well, we want to look at it, but not there. We're going to look at it instead on the athletic fields, which is just, just, you know, just ridiculous on so many levels. But most of all, because this committee has spent so much of taxpayer dollars on surveys and consultants, and the survey that they took included only two questions that related to developing affordable housing, you know, on or around Gullcrest. One specifically asked about Gullcrest, the proposal that I've been talking about, community housing. Well, 60% of people are either in favor or neutral. The other question was whether or not 
the Cape Elizabeth residents who took the survey were supportive of developing affordable housing on recreational land, and 16% of the people strongly opposed, 9 out of 10 families strongly opposed it. So this committee, uh, who want so badly for their survey to mean something, to justify and legitimize the work that they've done, the money that they have spent, the taxpayer money that they've spent on this ridiculous report they're about to publish. Well, instead of relying on the out, you know, the outcome of their survey, they flipped it on its head. Instead of recommending developing affordable housing on the 22 acres that had been the town farm that I've been calling community housing that was supported in the survey by 60% of the people, either support or neutral, they are are going to recommend to the town council that they study developing affordable housing on the on the football fields, like across the street from the the new ice rink the, the, that nobody has talked about. So it's just it's just a stunning development. Uh, it doesn't really mean anything because the whole committee really has been dysfunctional. But it's just an interesting development. So if you're interested in the in the ice rink, if you support developing affordable housing at Gallcrest, well, surprise, surprise, your housing diversity study committee just flipped everything on its head and is recommending now something that really nobody in the town supports. But that's obviously very local to Cape Elizabeth, but it's been the subject of, you know, national press as well as obviously statewide press, uh, always pointing the figures at Cape Elizabeth as if we're a community that's not interested in developing affordable housing when really we are so engaged in trying to produce affordable housing that is conducive to families with kids because the rest of the bleak housing across the landscape in Maine is, for the most part, designed with only developers and bankers in mind to maximize the profit made uh, using the low-income tax credit. And that's why all of these apartment buildings are cookie-cutter, not attractive, and are, for the most part, one-bedroom. So, um, you know, every all politics is local. What's happening in Cape Elizabeth, this fight is uh, just a microcosm and a metaphor for what's going on nationally. But let's now turn to national politics. And joining me by phone is Gina Hamilton. He's a, she is an award-winning Maine journalist who has been the editor of the um, several local newspapers and currently works at a te- television station. And I'm pleased to have Gina Hamilton on the phone. Welcome, Gina Hamilton. Thank you. Pleased well, to be here. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that you're my guest. And I'm wondering, Gina Hamilton, you've been a Maine journalist now for a long time and an observer of the news. Do you think Donald Trump is going to be on the ballot in our state? Uh, my guess is he probably will. Uh, I think this is going to go to the Supreme Court sooner rather than later. And it's going to be taken out of local control um, pretty effectively, uh, one way or the other. Either they will say, yes, the Constitution stands with respect to the 14th Amendment, and therefore he does not qualify, or they will say, um, in this particular case, because he hasn't been adjudicated yet, um, it doesn't apply. Do do you think Um, it makes a big difference what state what state's case makes it to the Supreme Court? Like it, like we in the news, of course, is the Colorado State Supreme Court that came down with this split decision saying he's not going to be on the ballot. And I think it's the first decision of this of this kind. Do you think it matters what state it is, or or really is it just any state that tees it up? I think most of us um, realize that he's he's a liability to the nation. Um, 
but there are some states that are more likely to to take that kind of um, stand uh, more publicly. Um, and and I'll tell you why it's 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 a difficult situation right now because this is a guy that. It gets indicted for serious crimes and his and his people jump right behind him um so if they get this the sense that oh this is you know this is really happening the the democrats or whoever are really going to try to you know do something to to skew this election which is exactly what they're going to take this as i think he's just going to get more of those people to to vote for him in any primary election. Well, well, I agree. I mean, I think it's a dangerous strategy on the part of Democrats who think these kinds of attacks are going to ultimately result in Donald Trump not being in the White House. But but what you said originally is that most people think he's you know a danger or a menace to this to the nation. Or, oh, right. Or not. Because remember, he's this is a guy that that ran twice and didn't get the popular vote either time. Um, most people in this country realize he's not. He's not a reasonable person to be president of the United States. You can you can disagree with you know Republican strategy. You can disagree with you know Republican policy, but this isn't like that. This isn't about that. You know, I mean, I could wake up with a, a President Nikki Haley or President you know Chris Christie and and feel like I could go on with my life. <laughs> but Donald Trump is another story. I mean, he's he is making it very clear that he wants to be an authoritarian. That he he, he would like to be dictator for a day. Uh, he you know to to do the things that he wants to do. And and I think most people realize that you know when somebody is telling you who they are, you need to listen. You know. Yeah, they're showing you. So so given how strongly you feel or, or how worried you are, you know, if, if Donald Trump is is reelected, then. What do you think would be the best way to defeat him, either through the the courts? Like, I want to get to the main case, because the news today is that the Secretary of State, Shanna Bellows, has delayed her decision on on the Trump ballot access question because of the Colorado yeah. ru- ruling. That's and, true. I mean, my, well, my, it's because my of view that, is that and also because it's, it's going to take a little longer with the with the power outages and whatnot to, to get everything together. I, you know, but, I mean, it could be... She's going to do it early next week, which means that, you know, this could be an early Christmas present for somebody. And it depends on how you look at it as to who that present is for. Right. Well, what do you hope she what What do you hope she decides? Uh, you, you know, as much as I'd love to see another state step up with with Colorado, I, I don't think that it's probably a good idea for it to be Maine. And the reason for that is our strange primary system. You know, we have we have a, a bifurcated primary, which allows if we all were to, you know, Joe Biden is going to win the Democratic primary in Maine, you know, fairly easily. That's not a, uh, that's a given. But with the way that Maine is Maine's new primary system structured, we could just decide we're we're going to vote Republican in, in the primary. And if we did that, we could skew the election ourselves. Well, Gina, as a matter of fact, I have been uh, like on a, a, the bandwagon promoting that very idea because, as you said, it's it's a new 
law, really, in Maine that, that allows people in the Democratic Party or any of the other registered parties, there's four parties in Maine, you can unenroll and then go in the primary on March 5th, Super Tuesday, and vote in the Republican primary and, and elect, you know, nominate someone. In my case, it would be Nikki Haley. I would also accept Chris Christie, but but it, I think Nikki Haley has a better chance. So so in my view, I I think I'm agreeing with you that it makes much more sense to defeat Donald Trump using the tools that the you know the democratic process provides, as opposed to expecting Shenabellas. I mean, Shenabellas. Let's face it, in Maine, the Secretary of State is not elected by the people. It's a partisan election in the House of Representatives. It seems like. It just seems like a bad idea to have somebody like that decide that Donald Trump's not going to be on the ballot because, like you suggested early on, it's just going to motivate the the Trump supporters, I think, to come out, you know. Well, the diehard true believers, at least. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, there are going to be a lot of reasonable people who say, okay, we're doing our best to make sure that, you know, this person doesn't get back into the White House. And this is how some people are trying it. But I, I think it is just going, you know, in what world do you have a person who is, you know, has got four indictments for serious offenses against democracy running on the ballot? I mean, that doesn't happen in the United States. That's, that's you know, that's Banana Republic stuff. Well, I think that uh, it would be a lot more helpful to have instead of indictments actual convictions and it seems yes, like it the, the clock is is sort of not on our side in terms of having a trial before the election but do you think that um it's a given that if one of these cases or i mean they will make it to the supreme court do you think that because the majority of the united states supreme court was appointed by republicans that 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 necessarily means that they're going to side with Donald Trump and allow him to be on the ballot despite the, you know, 14th Amendment, Article 3 of the 14th Amendment? I, mean, I it, think the more likely scenario um, than that is is that they will simply refuse to, they will simply refuse to, to look at it. Um, you know, it. I could see I can't a situation them doing in which that. they just said, you know, this is this is a situation that you know needs to be dealt with federally by the by the states and you know elections are are run by the states and we really don't have any place in this particular election oh wow that would be very surprising to me because i think i agree that i mean it's it's true that the constitution and the apparatus allows the states or gives the states the authority to put on elections and govern elections but ultimately if he's denied ballot access, I think that's going to... It's going to be bad for the Democrats. Well, it's going to raise I, a constitutional question, and I think the Supreme Court is the arbiter of all you know constitutional questions. I, I, I really think they're going to take up this question. And I personally, I mean, I, I would hope that the Supreme Court justices, when they took the oath to uphold the Constitution, um, you know, were sincere. And I, and I deep down in my heart, I, I do believe that. I don't think it's as partisan as as maybe some people suggest. However, I'm haunted by an interview I heard by um, Antonin Scalia following the Bush v, uh, you know, 
Gore, Gore. you know, he he basically conceded that it wasn't just a a judicial decision. It was really a political Political decision because of the urgency of the moment. So I don't know. I I think it's going to make it to the Supreme Court, but I'm not certain it's going to be as a slam dunk for Republicans. I don't think it's going to be a slam dunk. What I, I think may happen is one of two things. The Supreme Court will take it on the narrow looking at very narrowly what the the 14th Amendment does and doesn't say, you know, as a constitutional question, does this really mean, you know, that somebody has to be adjudicated before the 14th Amendment applies? Does it mean, you know, that, you know, any of these cases that are coming before the court, the courts now um, would have to have been completed before the election? We don't know you know, how they're going to look at that. But if they look at it in terms of ballot access, they're going to have to look at what comes, you know, is, is ballot access an issue that the federal government can deal with? Because the issue of federalism when it comes to elections is pretty clear. I mean, that was the reason that, that Texas was was not, didn't have standing in the last election to sue um, the states that, that put, Biden over the top, right? That it was, they did not have standing because those states were the only ones who did have standing. So Pennsylvania had standing and Michigan had standing, but Texas did not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, but it seems like Donald Trump would have standing. Like Donald- Well, Donald Trump is running an election. I, I, don't, I don't know how to put it. He's, his position is quite is quite precarious. Um, he's, he's running um, in these states. And, and, you know, he's trying to run in these states. But, you know, a lot of people... Well, he's run not only states, running, he's winning. Do not get, well, he's trying. He's running and winning. I understand. He's, he, is, he is the... He's the, the presumptive nominee. nominee. But, but, but the states do not have to... I mean, you, you can... There can be... Uh, Every state has the right to decide who is allowed to run in their state and who is not. You know, a lot of the time it is just do they have the right number of, you know, votes in the last election or whatever it is, you know. But sometimes, you know, it's if you're a felon, you can't run in the state or if you are, you know, whatever it is. I mean, the states are the final arbiters of who gets to be on the ballot. Now, that doesn't mean that they can prevent people from writing in yeah but I, I, I think if the state is going to use as the reason for denying someone ballot access the federal constitution then the buck is going to stop with the supreme court and i think the best argument that donald trump has is if you look at the like the language of the 14th amendment and article 3 it doesn't specifically identify the president or the exact you know it talks about like no you know you can't be a senator or a representative and be you know an insurrectionist and, and have office so i think they're going to have some 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 things to gnaw on with a very textualist Supreme Court to just say that this section I guess of- the question that we would have to ask ourselves is would that law have applied to Jefferson Davis? Well, you know, but did anybody attempt to get Jefferson Davis off the ballot? I mean, I Jefferson, I, Jefferson Davis was the president of this, you know, new confederacy. The, you know, if he were the president, a president of 
you know, a certain number of states in the United States or a certain number of the states that were in rebellion against the United States, would he be allowed to be president of the Union and after that? And, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, we could go back in history and try to figure that out, but, I mean, you know, he just kind of went away by himself and, and never did anything else. Yeah, right. So, you know, well, that's, um, that's it's hard a, to know, you know what, what would have happened. The, you know, but, if... if Despite what you may say about Donald Trump and how much you may hate Donald Trump, the one thing that he has given us is this like opportunity to put these obscure questions before us, like what is an insurrection, and and like do you have to be convicted of an insurrection? And it seems to me if one if one state finds that you're you know prohibited from being on the ballot because of this specific article, is that you know binding on other states? It's he really has just set up these courts for all kinds of gymnastics. It, it certainly does, and and this is one of those situations where it's like this is a, a moment in history that you know nobody we've ever known has has lived through, and nobody we will ever know will probably ever live through it again. Um, my best hope is that somebody takes him aside the way that uh, people took Nixon aside and said, "Look, you know, you you can't be a, a Republican." Oh my you God! Know, you, I can't even can't. imagine who that could be. Who could that well, possibly be? Yeah, There's nobody on this earth because there are no sensible people left, right? <laughs> he doesn't but, listen I mean, there, to anybody. There are some, I suppose, but I mean, you look I think, in the house today, and you're just kind of like, this is a circus, and you know, who who do these monkeys belong to? <laughs> it's yeah, just, really. It's, uh, well, it's I, just kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. Yeah. I do, though, think I think that you're onto something and I think I'm onto something and that is in Maine if what you really want to do is defeat Donald Trump and not have him appear on the ballot we have tools at our disposal we can actually we go in and super Tuesday and vote for someone else despite whatever party you're in despite whoever you're going to vote for in November because my feeling is this I think Nikki Haley would be an excellent president or at least would like for the debate to be between Joe Biden and Nikki Haley like like you said, because then no matter what happens, at least we're going to have somebody who's relatively good. And and I'm not afraid of Joe Biden debating Nikki Haley. If he's not up for the task, then I can vote for her. But right now, I'm a supporter of Joe Biden. I think he's putting points on the board. And if he continues to do so, I'm going to vote for him in November. But I really think all Mainers have a chance to go out Super Tuesday, vote for the person in the Republican Party who has a slight chance of beating Trump, and that is Nikki Haley. Because even if even if Republicans, like even if Trump is denied like one electoral vote from the second congressional district, these elections have been so close. I mean, he beat Hillary Clinton by what a handful of votes, really. So in it, the in the electoral college, I mean, you know, she won the, the general election, and and. If she'd listened to me, she would have won, <laughs> you know, the Electoral College as well. But, you know. Well, we um, all need to do more listening to you, Gina. Thank you so much for being a guest. Anything else you'd like to say before we sign off? Are you without power in your... Uh, no, we finally got power back uh, oh, just as I was leaving the house today. So that was that was good news for everybody who's still there. <laughs> well, good. And but uh, I just have a, a wonderful holiday season, and I, I look forward to talking to you in the new year. Well, thanks, Gina, and you too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.